Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Okay. So, Miles, there's a bit more to you than travel, isn't there? Mm, possibly. <laughs> You'll be very bashful. Mm. Shall we talk about your other um, business ventures? Mm -hmm. Property, farm, mm. anything mm. else you mm. might have hidden mm. up your sleeve? Yeah. There's always a bit going on. <laughs> there is, isn't there? Always. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's start with property then, because mm. this is maybe something that people in the world of travel might not know about mm. kind of your wider skills and experience. Well, I wouldn't quite go that far. <laughs> my, my, uh, my emerging skills. Um, no, I just think um, I think it's fair to say everybody sees property as a kind of sound investment. And so I've kind of fallen into property by default in terms of investing in things because I believe in what it is and the longer term view of it. And so, you know, that's that's why I'm in there. And in terms of what I do, well, it's quite random. I, I, I probably best described as opportunistic would probably be be the, the best word I could use with um, with my probably crown jewels purchase being having to go home and report to my wife that I'd bought a department store, um, <laughs> which was not the easiest night in the household, I can assure you. It was tough. <laughs> How long ago was that conversation? Uh, about 18 months ago now, two years, yeah. So to, so we've, we've, I've been lucky enough to see the said department store, mm. and it is a, it's a wow, actually. It's, it's like Grace Brothers, isn't it? It's incredible, mm. it's incredible, it's massive. Mm. Um, so just talk us through that, the, the sort of the, what you've bought, what you bought initially, and then what the plans are for it, and kind of how yeah, that's I mean, going to. It was it, it, it was a, a first attraction was this a stunning building, um, beautiful facade, you know, with a turret on it, and that was what first attracted to me to it. It came on the market, um, the sold board went up almost immediately. And so I didn't even get as far as having a conversation about price or anything like that. And I thought, oh, well, there we go, you know. And then it stayed on the sold board for quite a long time and nothing seemed to happen. So I contacted the agent who I knew and said, what's going on with Herbie's then? And he said, um, he said, oh, he said, there seems to be some problem. Um, I think it might be coming back on the market again. I said, oh, right, okay. He said, well, are you interested? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll have a look round. So we organized a look round and um, it is a massive lump of a building. And uh, I phoned him afterwards and said, um, where are we? I think they took a cheeky offer. And he said, uh, yeah, probably. And so I put in a cheeky offer because I just did some straight maths and thought this building seems too cheap. So I just did the maths and, and the offer was accepted. And so I, I went home that evening and said, I bought a department store. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> and what was the response from your good lady um, like? 
um, using words that I can use on this podcast, the gist of it was, what have you done that for, was the gist of it. It wasn't quite phrased like that, but that was the gist of it. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So that's how you, you ended up buying it in the first mm, place. Mm. So what are the plans for it? Because they're pretty ambitious, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it is a lump of a building at the front, and then it goes on with warehouses out towards the back. And so immediately my, my thought process was that, you know, there's opportunity for scope at the back with residential shops at the front, albeit shops are challenging at the minute, but it's in a prime location. And then above it, flats, plenty of opportunity for flats and apartments. And so that's what I did. My thought process was, right, okay, let's do some fag packet numbers. And they were fag packet numbers. What what will be the rental on the apartments? What will be the rental? There's um there's a plot that sold just down the road from the unit, so I had a comparable, so I looked at that and thought, mm, right, if I can get that for that, then all the numbers seem to work. And so I'm looking at um, nine cottages out the back um, and actually nine apartments in, in the front and three shops below. So it's a reasonably chunky yeah. chunky piece of um, piece of real estate but it's a great opportunity for us yeah fantastic and then you've got another another building as well haven't you down the road yes she, I'm trying to think now does she know about that one no she does know about that one yeah yeah I mean that, that that's another building that um, is a beautiful building and, and that was what my attraction was first of all beautiful building great location what could I do with it because um, it was a solicitor's a real old fashioned solicitor's great big lump of a building um and I thought, hmm, that's got scope as well. And so again, put a cheeky offer in, got accepted. And then I'm looking at um, a few avenues with it, really. Firstly, potentially a hotel, but a hotel with a kind of modern twist on it in terms of not having any F&B at all. Right. So basically room-only type of thing, airbnb style Yeah. Um, but at the minute that's on hold, I was hoping for more support from the Welsh Government, but that's not forthcoming. So at the minute, I'm just sat on it with... Um, with the fallback position always being, I could always go for residential because there's strong demand in the area for it. But the, the common sort of theme is really kind of opportunistic, fag packet numbers, do they work? And, and, and always with a kind of fallback position of, well, if it's all a disaster, can I get my money back? You know, which is probably the start point for coming in. And, and when you tick that box, you go, well, yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. I just flip it and sell it again. Will I lose any money? No. Okay, let's do it then. Yeah, and I think you, there's something you're saying there around multiple multiple exit options mm. as well, because, you know, some one one avenue might work, but then something comes along and changes things, and mm. then you, you need to know that you've got more mm. than one exit mm. option, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And I think the other thing is, is with um, with um, a lot of property things at the moment. When you buy a when you buying a house for a hundred, two hundred thousand, there's lots of people fishing in that market to do a, a quick makeover and a flip because yeah. they've seen it on um, Property Ladder or one of these programs. Um, and so, if you take something that's a bit more wacky. Mm. you potentially can get a better deal because it scares a lot of people and they think, oh my God, what are you... you know, and, and people's reaction, friends and things with the, with, the, with the department store in particular, they have thought, I'm a complete nutter. <laughs> you know, what on earth have you got a department store? But they kind of couldn't see the, the, where the potential was and the, the opportunity, whereas I guess... I don't know why, intuitively I went in there and sort of thought, yeah, yeah, this will work, bang, gone, you know, can't lose type of thing. Um, that was the sell I gave to my wife anyway. <laughs> but, there is, but there is a bit of a common theme here, isn't it? Because when we were talking earlier about the travel business mm. and, you know, the, the, um, the Titanic cruise and starting the business, moving away from corporate world before, mm. um, you know, again, 
this ballsiness of let's look at the what's the worst get, that can happen, what's mm. the downside, mm. but then actually what's the potential opportunities. Mm. I mean, that's a theme for you, isn't it? You seem to do that in most of your businesses. Yeah, I, I think you've almost always got to have a, a solution to anywhere you go in. So yeah. what happens if? Yeah. And if you can satisfy yourself on it, all of those, then you almost can't lose and, and you've got that mindset going into it and you're looking for the positive way out, the positive outcome, which can be multiple, as you say, different yeah. opportunities that you can take. But you feel quite cool and relaxed about it because you know what the worst case is, is actually, it's not a problem. Yeah. And so there's no such thing as can't lose, but they're fairly bulletproof, the things that I do, because I come at it almost in reverse. What's the worst case? And, and kind of then try and up from there ratchet to see how you can leverage it to make the most op money opportunity opportunity wise yeah but 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 again rather like i said with the travel business the with the two buildings that we're talking about you know there's a tremendous feeling of pride to own arguably the flagship buildings in the town they're stunning buildings yeah and that's just a lovely feeling that's my building that one it's a gorgeous building yeah. i've just refurbished it as you saw that you know the roof and and the, and the front and stuff and it looks amazing and it's great to think well i did that and it looks so much better than it was um before when it was falling down which yeah. it basically was well and ultimately you're giving back to the community aren't you you know you're taking a, a, an old building that could have just fallen into rack and ruin mm. and giving it some love attention and creating really nice quality homes for people i mean there's yeah, something about giving back isn't there in, in there, all there, of that there is and i think you know these days of social media you know there's a community page everywhere and all the community pages full of oh what are they going to do with this and mm. all that sort of stuff and i guess what you what what people don't understand is you know i'm looking to add value yeah. to the town in terms of putting back and the same with the development at the back is at the moment it's a ramshackled mess of flat roofs and god knows what and to turn it into some gorgeous little sort of cottages townhouse things that that look really in keeping with the town and stuff is great because again i walk down that street regularly i'm going to walk down that street and go god that looks so much better yeah you know yeah. it's a nice feeling yeah real sense of pride yeah do you um on, on the property side i mean these are two pretty meaty projects that you've taken on relatively recently recently before that had you done other stuff in property then miles not a lot no i mean i bought um i bought a couple of um i bought a couple of houses um because i felt i bought them in a in a place just outside bristol where there was so many rumors about the railway line going to be brought back in and therefore it would connect to bristol and house prices would go up and i thought hmm, this all sounds good and so I got in early there and bought um, bought a couple there that have done really, really well. And the irony is they still haven't built the railway line yet. And so I still believe that the, the hike in price is still to come when the railway line finally opens, which I think it will. Um, but again, the, the, the sort of theme with that is opportunistic. You know, yeah. did I start with a plan to do that? Not in a month of Sundays did I start with a plan. I just looked at it and thought, do I think I can win? Yeah, I think I can. You know, so mm. so give it a go. What's the worst case? Well, the worst case is I just flip it and get my money back or whatever. Yeah. And if you buy right and you do your research and you know the market well enough, you you can always do all right. And you know, on those, you know, one of the ones I bought was a was a two bed bungalow um, that was absolutely falling apart, and it had a lunatically low guide on it as these things tend to and it went to seal bid tender and I put a massive bid in to secure it 
um, because I was so convinced I was on a winner. Yeah. And you now look at that tender price I put in and it's the biggest bargain ever known to man. Yeah. But probably everybody else was thinking, oh God, you know, put in two grand over the over the offer price or something like that. And I, I, I guess I had more guts and more balls in me to think the upside was better and just, just went for it to make sure I could get it. Yeah. And yeah. I've now flipped it into a four bed. It's now a four bed because I've gone in upstairs and and knocked it all out and it's now a four bed house so obviously the the rentals then are, yields are much much better because it's a four bed rather than a two yeah 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 it makes a lot of sense so so obviously the property side is in addition to the travel business do mm. you sort of split your resources across do you treat the business completely separately i know you're over you're involved in both clearly mm. but in terms of the teams does it is there any overlap in you know back office or finance or anything like that or do you you're actually... kind of inferring that there is a team on the, on the property <laughs> side that the, the, the team is a team it's a team of one <laughs> uh, and it's me um so uh, so it's just me doing all these things and, and kind of fitting it around all the other things that I do um, but again similar theme to travel I really enjoy it yeah. you know so when I'm involved in doing that that sort of stuff it doesn't feel like work yeah. in a month of Sundays because I love it just like the travel yeah 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 no that's mm. a good point but you'll have for these you'll have a you'll have a lead project manager stroke building guy that's going to manage the trades presumably mainly is that right or are you going to be rolling your sleeves up and knocking walls down a bit of both a bit of both it. is the reality you know rather again rather similar to the travel business i enjoy that enjoy sort of it. stuff yeah, yeah. so you know filling the filling the skip and all that sort of stuff is you know Sad to say is what gets me out of bed in the morning, but I love that sort of stuff. See, people wouldn't see you with your tool belt and your <laughs> and your hammer necessarily, Maybe not. would they? Maybe not. But this is a side to Miles Morgan mm. that's uh, reveal, revealing itself to us. So that's exciting stuff on the property. It's not just that, though, is it, that you've got going on in your world as well? <laughs> this is no. the alternative Miles Morgan show. Uh, so talk about the other passion. Yeah, the, the other passion is... is um, as sort of another thing that's kind of developed by default and that's um that's a farm um and so winding back to 2010 we bought some alpacas um because we finally had a house with some land that could mean we could have them um which was great uh that was they were just pets so a bit of fun on the side um and again my wife blames me for this one but we we then got some girls that we could breed sold a few sold a few and i thought oh yeah this is good um opportunity to to make a couple of quid selling a few animals and so that kind of grew and we then joined in a partnership with somebody else and we ended up with with having a herd of about 50 or 60 animals wow which is a fair old few um our son then went to australia to work on the world's largest alpaca farm um, and built up his skills over two years with that. And then we had the opportunity to buy a farm with um, about 55 acres. Um, and so George has moved to the farm now and runs the farm. We're now up to about 100 alpacas ourselves now. Um, and we also saw the opportunity to get some of the, the sheep, the cutest sheep in the world, the Ballet Black Nose Sheep. And so we bought um, about four of those including the most expensive ram in britain at the time that we bought an auction you can still watch the video on youtube of me bidding wow. like some de demented nutter <laughs> um so again we we got in with those quite early 
because they're very, very expensive sheep. Um, and we recognised that that was an opportunity to make money. So now we've got about 70 of those. Um, and we're into embryo transfer work with them to, to scale the flock quicker. Because, you know, a, a nice ewe, you can get three and a half, four thousand pounds per ewe. So it's, wow. it's quite big money yeah. for these sheep. Um, and so that's developed. And then, um, and this one's my wife's fault, um, Lisa liked miniature donkeys. And so we got a few miniature donkeys and then we got a few more miniature donkeys and then we got a few more miniature donkeys. And now <laughs> we're breeding miniature donkeys. And um, in fact, we just sold our first foal, um, Apollo, uh, last month. So we're now doing the same with the mini donks. Um, and selling those and then we've also opened a private petting farm experience called cute farm experience so people doing private tours of the farm meeting the animals sort of up close and personal and that's had its most successful summer ever despite lockdown it's been incredibly busy and gone really well for us and and I suppose you, you, you look at the things they're all very different um, the theme that runs in all three of them is I really enjoy working in all three. Yeah. Um, it gives me balance, and I think you know, with, with the with the hit that travel's taken this summer, the farm has has played a key part in in keeping my head together. Really, um, you know, you have a bad day or a tough day talking to people about refunds for nine hours, and the fact you can go and sit in a field with a donkey for half an hour doesn't half de-stress you it, yeah. it really does and so you know the, the combination of things I've got you know are all things I enjoy um, all things I take pride in what we do and, and and thrive on really yeah and and I guess there's also a practical point about diversifying income streams yeah. as well whether that was a conscious thing or not a conscious thing the reality is you know you've got three very very different businesses mm. with different you know financial metrics sitting behind mm. them but nonetheless when one is having a tough time like travel is right now mm. it's quite helpful that there's the other ones that mm. potentially you know are bringing income in i mean this um, is the time where i'm going to say absolutely Jeanette. it was all part of the <laughs> grand mastermind plan and the, the reality is nothing could be further from the truth it's all it's all just happened yeah. um and it's happened probably driven by a hunger to do stuff do stuff I enjoy and you know if money comes with it, it you know, in a way it's a kind it's of a, a nice, byproduct yeah. it, it's the it's the challenge of doing it it's the fun in succeeding with it and and that's the bit that excites me actually more than any money involved in any of the business any of the all, all, all three of them you know it, so long as we're okay money wise and we can live then that's okay and providing I never go to work anymore and I'm lucky I never go to work anymore, yeah. even though I work seven days a week, yeah. um, I never go to work anymore. Um, every day's great. Yeah, you know, yeah. even, even in these tough times that we've got at the moment, I still, I still enjoy going into work and enjoy every moment of it. Anyone yeah, drinks? yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, I think that's, a, that's a, a key thing though, isn't it? Because if you love what you do, then you never work a day in your life. And, and I think few people say that, and that's obviously you're living and breathing that. And you know, what you've reminded me of is, even with the stuff that I've been doing, you know, during this sort of difficult period, I wouldn't have thought, if you'd asked me at the start of this year, you're going to be doing a podcast, and I'm going to be sitting here interviewing mm. Miles Morgan, mm. I'd have laughed, mm. you know. Mm. It, wasn't, it wasn't a plan, it just mm. sort of 
evolve and happen mm. the same with the mentoring business and that's because you, if you do something that you just enjoy you're giving back you're helping people whatever your motivation is and then it can emerge into something else mm. can't it but you're doing it for the right reasons at the beginning yeah, I mean, you, you are a prime example of it because you know chatting to you off this pod it's obvious that you thoroughly enjoy doing them yeah uh, yeah and, absolutely. and you, you, you gain something out of every single one because no two people are ever the same their yeah. makeup's different and, and that's the same thing so you, you've driven all the way down to see me that doesn't seem like a hardship because you enjoy doing it yeah. and, and you yeah. know and that's a lovely position to be in for anybody but I think you know can anybody do it well yeah they can it, it, it's it's having the the guts to make the first step mm. and putting yourself in a position to do it mm. you know you don't have to produce business cases that you know like the corporate world that we've all seen and had to endure but you do have to do some work yeah. you know like even if it's fag packet stuff like I've done you have to understand what you're going into yeah. understand how the model works understand how you can lose money make money and, and then it then becomes more fun yeah. if you go into it on a risk perspective having not covered your bases yeah. it can go all horribly wrong yeah, yeah. but you know I'm sat here quite comfortable with the things I've got because I fully understand how they work I fully understand the downsides of all of them mm. the upsides of them and overall I feel comfortable and, and, and that helps you sleep at night yeah yeah and also keep it simple I think sometimes you're right in the corporate world you know you can produce a business case and a strategy deck and this that and the other and it can be so complex actually mm. sometimes you just got to cut, cut to the chase and just, just really see the wood for the trees well, you, 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 I mean, you, you asked me what the what the refit costs were for the apartments and the flats, and yeah. I said I've got a clue. Yeah. Um, now, have I not got a clue? I've got a rough, rough idea, idea yeah. because you, you and do you need to do reams and reams of work? No, you go. Well, what, what what is a flat made of then? Well, you've got the carpet, the walls, the lighting, the heat. You know, any things that could catch you? Yeah, you need soundproof boarding and stuff like that. That's more expensive than normal plasterboard. So there's bits of things. So you know, you don't have to do it. You have to have your head around roughly what it's going to cost. But you don't have to drill it down to the last penny yeah. at, at this point in time. You yeah. don't. Yeah, and that comes with common confidence and intuition it's almost coming back to that where we started our conversation right at the beginning of those early days when you were 10 years old on the market stall you know and just sort of getting learning those early skills from your dad and how to sell how to price how to get the best out of a, a situation most and, of the, you know? almost everything I do is no different to the things I did then. Yeah. It's absolutely identical, you know, and and cash flow, you know, I mean cash flow was the biggest thing that I learned because what was happening was I was doing selling those badges and t-shirts, making loads yeah. of money in the summer. The trouble was I was on the lash with the boys and spent all the money over the winter and didn't have the money to buy my stock in the summer. Yeah. You know, and, and you learn the hard way with that sort of stuff. Yeah, and that is that's basically cash flow. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> it. It, it, it. It's primitive cash flow. But <laughs> but it, it, it's absolutely right you know and, and you know I didn't talk about it earlier but you know even things like stock control so you know you can imagine you know Kajagoogoo were the band of the time and I was flying on sales of Kajagoogoo badges and stuff absolutely flying yeah. just bought a whole thousands I bought what happens Limal leaves the band and it's just like <laughs> oh my god disaster so I'm left with literally hundreds of pounds worth of Kajagoogoo badges that are completely worthless yeah. and of course that was horrible 
<laughs> you don't do that twice. No. You know, you, you learn to cover your bases and understand what your downside is. And, yeah. you know, and at that point in time, I was only ever seeing upsides. Mm. I thought I was unstoppable and was only seeing upsides. Yeah. And unfortunately, Lamar taught me a, a very nasty lesson at the time, how you can lose hundreds of pounds overnight. Yeah. You know, things can go wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you need to be prepared for the going wrong and what, what your financial disaster is in that scenario yeah, which yeah. wasn't great no and I never thought I'd be sitting here in a podcast saying thank goodness for Lamar <laughs> <laughs> I could have killed him <laughs> but look at the lesson it taught you yeah, all those years absolutely. later <laughs> yeah. oh listen this is fantastic because it's, it just shows a totally other side I think to, to kind of what you're all about but the common themes that stick through all of your experience your life you know around loving what you do not overcomplicating it putting yourself in the way of opportunities just kind of give it a go and you don't have to have everything perfect have a, a reasonable idea of your numbers but it doesn't mm. have to be this polished kind of business plan and, and I think that gives a lot of courage to people who maybe feel daunted about business or getting into something because they think they have to be they don't know it all or they have to be the, the perfect finished article you don't do you you just give it a go well nobody ever is well no you know, nobody is. Exist, I mean, <laughs> I've been in travel for 30 odd years and I, and I still learn something new all the time in mm. travel and and in a lot of ways, that's what excites you. Yeah. You know, and with the, with the property projects. Am I a property developer? No. Nine a month of Sundays am I a property developer. So I'm learning things all the time. Am I coming unstuck on some things? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's like a lesson in any business, you know. And, and it's the thing with my staff is I'm really comfortable with my staff making mistakes and them costing us money. But what I won't tolerate is them making the same mistake twice. Yeah. And I hold myself to the same standards. I'm yeah. going to make mistakes. It's quite cool to make mistakes, but don't be an idiot and make them twice because then you are stupid. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, you know, that's yeah. the way I always operate. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's great advice. So if you were look at speaking to someone that wanted to either get into property, farming's maybe slightly different. <laughs> that's quite, that's quite this time. Or alpacas. Um, what, would you, what would your advice be to them? I think you need to um, you need to know your market wherever you're going to buy. You need to understand how the market looks. So, for instance, if I look at what we just talked about with the department store, you know the the flat and apartment rentals here is very very strong in the town. Yeah. Now I know that I understood that. Been to see the agent, talked to him about what the rentals might be, likelihood to rent. So, do your groundwork. It doesn't have to be extensive. You know, even just walking in and chatting with the agent, I learned loads. It's completely free. There's no charge for that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, and the data you've got on Zoopla, Rightmove, these sorts of things in terms of pricing, you can quickly see it. You know, and if you watch stuff enough, you know, you watch the rental market in a town, you can see how quickly the letter greed goes up on places. You can see, well, actually, Jesus, there's strong demand for that sort of stuff. And if you put all those pieces together, knowledge of what you can buy at, you know, what you can do in terms of rental values and stuff like that, you, you can't go badly wrong. And, and to be honest, all of that's free. There's no charge for any of that sort of stuff. But don't just think you can go into a town that you've never set foot in or whatever and succeed. You won't. You'll probably come unstuck. Yeah. You know, go for, a bit like me starting in business with travel, go for the things you know. Go for the town you know. Know the market well. Do your research. And then, you know, you should come out on top. Yeah, yeah. No, that is great advice, actually. Because and sometimes I think it's about having a realistic a realistic perspective, isn't it? Done your homework. Make a start. Have a, have a rough idea what you're going to do. And, um, and then just take some action. 
and the thing is with property of course you're going to lose a lot of money in property if you make it if you make a mess of it mm. but equally if you're not crazy property is a pretty decent asset to have you know over time I think over time I think over time I think is a winner I think you know I was just thinking back to the um, the pod that you did with the guy that bought the place in Eastern Europe oh you know, Kevin McDonald yes. Kevin McDonald yeah. great story of where you can get it wrong yeah and you know will he ever do that again no you know but yeah. did he learn loads from it yes and you know I'm just the same yeah. you know well I make mistakes probably you know and uh, but you will learn from them and yeah. providing they're not too painful financially you know you, you can ride them out and come again you know yeah 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 that's brilliant well thank you so much Miles it's been a pleasure to cover off the alternative Miles Morgan well, if, if you're looking for animals knock on my door <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that I'll remember that but thank you ever so much really appreciate it thank you I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.